Welcome back to Natural MD Radio. This is your host, Dr. Aviva Ram. Since January is National Thyroid Awareness Month, I'm running encores of some of my top past thyroid podcasts, and I've created some new ones for you too. I hope this month's episodes will raise your awareness about how important an issue this is for women's health, considering that the current rates are that one in eight women will receive a diagnosis of a thyroid problem, most commonly hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's in her lifetime, and also provide you with what you need to know to get both proper and effective medical care, the right diagnoses, as well as know what lifestyle and natural alternatives you can trust to support or to heal your thyroid function. In this episode of Natural MD Radio, you're going to learn about the six thyroid tests that can help you get the most accurate thyroid diagnosis. Knowledge is power, and given that hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's diagnoses are often missed by conventional doctors and yet often overdiagnosed by integrative and functional medicine doctors, this is essential information if you're going to be in the driver's seat of your thyroid health. To read the article that accompanies this episode, go to avivaram.com forward slash 118. That's the number 118. Welcome to Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Did you know that the toxic level of blood lead was just halved from 10 down to 5? This means that everyone who previously had a level over 5 who could have been having toxicity symptoms was told that their level was normal. Well, it's not so different with thyroid hormones. Just a few years ago, the level of TSH, which is the main thyroid hormone we check to see if there's a thyroid problem, had to be over 10 to be diagnosed with hypothyroidism. That level has now been brought down to 4.8 in most lab cases, and there's even controversy over whether that is low enough. Welcome to Natural MD Radio, your place for the whole truth about health that lets you take your health back into your hands. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram, and this week we're going to be talking about thyroid testing, what you should ask your doctor for, what you might need to get, and what those levels should be. Just recently, a patient came into my practice feeling fatigued, moody, she was having heavy periods, no sex drive, and was bothered by constipation. She also wasn't sleeping well. She was waking up too early in the morning and just couldn't fall back to sleep. And she'd gained seven pounds in just a couple of months, even though she hadn't changed her eating habits a bit. All of these are signs of hypothyroidism. We talked. She really didn't feel like stress was causing her symptoms. Nothing in her life was that troublesome. She had no outlier symptoms that suggested another diagnosis. She wasn't feeling depressed, other than feeling fatigued and overwhelmed. She was pretty sure something was wrong with her thyroid, so she asked her primary doctor to check her thyroid labs before scheduling to come see me for a more integrative medicine consult. He'd checked her TSH, the thyroid-stimulating hormone test, and told her since it was in the normal range, even though it is at the upper end of normal, she did not have a thyroid problem. 
He sent her on her way, suggesting maybe an antidepressant would be a good idea to consider. But her labs really weren't normal. They were just one step under a very thin line, in which case she'd have had a slam dunk diagnosis of the most common thyroid problem, hypothyroidism. In fact, this is what I diagnosed. She started appropriate treatment and her energy and symptoms quickly began to improve. And you know what? This is a typical story. While not all hypothyroid-like symptoms turn out to be a problem with the thyroid or thyroid hormones, we do know that statistically, hypothyroidism is a very underdiagnosed condition. In fact, only about half of Americans with a thyroid problem know that they have one. And it's estimated that this can be as many as 10% of us. Hypothyroidism is the most common thyroid problem, and Hashimoto's disease, an autoimmune form of hypothyroidism, is the most common form of all. And not surprisingly, women are much more likely to have it than men. Hypothyroidism can appear at any time, but it's especially common after childbirth and is very prevalent in women in our 40s and 50s, but it can happen in your teens, 20s, or 30s. Yet so many doctors seem reluctant to do an adequate workup of thyroid function labs. Some even refuse. This seems strange given how common thyroid problems are, and yet they're quite willing to freely prescribe antidepressants. My patient's doctor was just doing what he was told to do in medical school. Check the TSH, and if it's within what we're told is normal range, no problem. But there's much more complexity to thyroid testing than that. Sadly, so many women are left believing that their symptoms of depression, fatigue, joint aches, weakness, weight gain, and more are all in their head. Perhaps this even happened to you. In reality, all of these symptoms and more could be due to hypothyroidism. So what is the thyroid? The thyroid is a butterfly-shaped gland that sits at the front of your neck and sets your entire metabolic rate. It controls your weight whether you feel sluggish or energetic, mentally crisp or foggy, cheerful or blue, and it's involved in the control of everything from your cholesterol to your female hormones. When your thyroid is not functioning optimally, you can feel dull, tired, constipated, you can gain weight, your skin gets dry, your hair can become dry and even fall out, your muscles and joints might ache, your periods can become irregular, you might suffer from fertility problems, Brain fog is common, as are sugar and carbohydrate cravings because your body is desperate for energy. And high cholesterol, even if your diet is amazing, can be found on your lab work, as well as a host of other large and small problems. Hypothyroidism is a term used to describe a decreased metabolic state that's due to low functioning of the thyroid or poor use of thyroid hormone. 95% of all cases are due to what's called primary hypothyroidism. This means that the thyroid gland is acting sluggish or sometimes barely responding at all. This is an autoimmune condition. Alternatively, we can actually be producing thyroid hormones effectively, but we can have thyroid hormone resistance, similarly to the way you can have insulin resistance. Your cells are not picking up and effectively using the active thyroid hormone you're making. You can also be making enough of the inactive thyroid hormone, but not effectively converting it to the active form. 
Well, hypothyroidism can also be due to more serious problems in the hypothalamus and pituitary glands in your brain. This is rare. However, chronic or substantial stress can suppress the pituitary gland enough to interfere with thyroid hormone production. The major symptoms of hypothyroidism include fatigue, increased sensitivity to or intolerance of cold, constipation, dry skin, unexplained weight gain, cravings for sugar and carbs, a puffy face, muscle weakness, elevated blood cholesterol, muscle aches, tenderness and stiffness, pain or stiffness in your joints, including carpal tunnel syndrome, heavier than normal or irregular periods, thinning hair or hair loss, slow heart rate, depression, and impaired memory, or what a lot of us call brain fog. Because these symptoms are so common to so many women, hypothyroidism is often just dismissed as just normal symptoms or depression. One patient of mine was accused of overeating by her doctor because of her weight gain when she actually had a thyroid problem. So let's talk about what thyroid testing you can get that might reveal an underlying thyroid problem. There are six key tests that can unlock the mystery of your thyroid function and are what your doctor should be looking at. Thyroid testing should be simple to obtain from your primary doctor or a local lab. However, the nuances can take some skills to interpret depending on the results, and your doctor might be resistant to ordering more than just the TSH test. That's where an open-minded endocrinologist or a skilled functional medicine doctor can be of help. And the information I'm going to provide you in the podcast and the free download that you can find over at my website will help you too. In my practice, if my patient's symptoms are highly suggestive of hypothyroidism, I'll run the entire thyroid panel that I describe here right up front. If there are other diagnoses that are equally likely, for example, I suspect that she might be anemic and that's what's making her feel really tired, then I'll just run the first three tests I'm about to describe. And if these come back borderline or positive for thyroid problems, then I'll add in the remainder of the test panel. Sometimes I'll wait and recheck test results for TSH, free T3, and free T4, the first three tests, if they come back normal in a patient who has symptoms. And I'll recheck these in about six to 12 weeks because occasionally I've seen initial testing to be normal. And then a few weeks later, voila, the tests come back confirming the problem that the symptoms were suggesting. So the first test I do is called the TSH or thyroid-stimulating hormone. TSH is produced in a part of your brain called the pituitary gland. The job of TSH is to tell the thyroid gland that it's time to get busy producing more thyroid hormone. When the healthy thyroid gets this chemical message, it produces two hormones, triiodothyronine, or T3, and thyroxine, T4. The normal range for TSH is somewhat controversial. Most labs consider the normal range to be between four and five. However, many experts, even in conventional endocrinology, believe that the upper end of normal is actually lower, more like 2.5 or 3. This is based on the fact that when Americans without any hypothyroid symptoms have this test done, that is the most usual upper range. Many integrative and functional medicine doctors like myself find that their patients feel best at an upper limit of even 1.5 to 2. 
My patient was one of these women. At a TSH of four, she was really at the upper limit of normal, even compared to conventional testing. And she was over the preferred limit of functional doctors. This controversy and discrepancy of opinion over the normal upper range for TSH is one of the most common reasons that women get underdiagnosed for hypothyroidism and suffer with unnecessary symptoms that can seriously interfere with health and quality of life. In most cases, hypothyroidism occurs because the thyroid gland is sluggish. That is, it's having trouble producing enough T3 and T4. This can be due to a variety of reasons ranging from nutritional deficiencies to autoimmunity that I talk about in my blogs on my website and also will talk about in other podcasts. So TSH gets pumped out in a higher amount to try harder to stimulate the thyroid gland into action. Think of it like this. Pretend that you are TSH. Your best friend's house is the thyroid gland. When you go to visit your friend, you knock on her front door. If she doesn't answer, what do you do? You knock louder to get a response. And you keep knocking louder and louder and louder, and hopefully, eventually she answers. In just the same way, the TSH amps up to knock louder and louder, hoping to get an answer from the thyroid. That answer is production of T3 and T4, the thyroid hormones. That's why an under-functioning thyroid gland shows up as a high TSH on lab tests. However, TSH can be normal in the presence of hypothyroidism in some cases, and you can still be having the symptoms of a low thyroid when TSH is normal because of poor conversion of T4 to T3, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, or because of thyroid hormone resistance at the level of your cells. When stress is suppressing the pituitary gland enough to interfere with producing TSH, you might see low or normal TSH levels in the presence of low thyroid hormone production and hypothyroid symptoms. So let's talk about thyroid hormones T3 and T4, because these are the next two of the six tests I mentioned. Triiodothyronine T3 and thyroxine T4 are the hormones produced by your thyroid gland. T4 is produced in a much larger amount, and it's then converted to T3 in the active form of the hormone called free T3, as needed to get your metabolic functions kicked up. T3 and T4 are sent out into your bloodstream where they're responsible for the thyroid's actual work of controlling your metabolism. Free T3 and free T4 are called this because they're not bound to proteins in your blood, making them free to do their work in your cells, keeping your metabolism appropriately revved up for optimal energy and health. Measuring free T3 and free T4, which you'll see on your labs sometimes as FT3 or FT4, is important because they're the indicators of the hormones being produced in large enough amounts to do their activities in your body. A high TSH and a low free T and free T4 and low free T3 indicate hypothyroidism. A normal TSH, normal free T4, and low free T3 can indicate T4 to T3 conversion problems. 
and a normal or high TSH, a normal free T4 and a high free T3 can indicate that your cells aren't picking up the free T3, which means that you have thyroid hormone resistance. So it's not going into the cells. It's being produced. It's not going into the cells. And so it's just floating around in your blood. And that's why we see it elevated on the blood test. The next two tests are the thyroid antibodies. Thyroid antibody testing is done in order to diagnose autoimmune thyroid disease and distinguish it from other forms of thyroid dysfunction. Now remember, most forms of thyroid problems are Hashimoto's, which is low-functioning thyroid due to autoimmune thyroiditis. The two thyroid antibody tests that I order are thyroid peroxidase antibody, which on your lab values will see TPOAB, and thyroglobulin antibody, TGAB. Some people do have an autoimmune thyroid condition, but don't initially test positive. If positive, antibody testing can be repeated every six months or so to trend improvements or conversely worsening, which hopefully won't be happening, while you're working with an integrative physician or functional medicine physician to address possible underlying causes. The final or sixth test that I do when I'm checking for thyroid problems in my patients is called the reverse T3 or RT3. Reverse T3 is the third most abundant form of thyroid hormone. When your body wants to conserve rather than burn energy, it will divert the active form of T3 into an inactive reverse form. This might happen when you're sick, under stress, or undernourished. If TSH and free T4 look okay, but free T3 is low, this can be because it's being turned into RT3, and the RT3 will be elevated on your lab tests. I consider it worth checking RT3 if there are obvious symptoms that suggest hypothyroidism, but the typical tests aren't showing a low TSH or low free T4. There's some controversy amongst conventional doctors about the value of this test, but I personally find it very useful. If labs return showing that there is hypothyroidism, then I also often test for a deficiency in iodine. I also will check for zinc and iron because when these are low in the diet, they can interfere with production of normal thyroid hormone making by your thyroid. I also look for environmental factors that can interfere with the use of iodine, which is necessary to produce thyroid hormone by your thyroid. For example, fluoride, which can be found in your water, and bromide, which is actually found in brominated breads, which is very common in our supermarkets, can interfere with iodine because they have a very similar molecular structure. Additionally, exposures to flame retardants and BPA, as well as other chemicals in the environment, can impact thyroid function and thyroid health. So I'll start to look more closely for these underlying factors. Additionally, heavy metal exposure and gluten intolerance can interfere with thyroid function. As a doctor, I can tell you that in medical school, we're taught that doctors know best, but this is often not the case, and you are your body's expert. After all, you live with you all the time, and you actually have a right to ask for basic testing and receive it, 
We're not talking about tens of thousands of dollars in MRIs and CT scans here. We're talking about a modest amount of blood work. That said, it is important to discuss your symptoms with your doctor because there is a lot of hype in the natural medicine and natural products world, and your doctor is possibly just trying to protect you from the opposite problem, getting overdiagnosed or misdiagnosed with a thyroid problem you don't have. And believe me, I've also seen many patients in my practice who were put on thyroid medication by integrative practitioners when these meds were not needed. If, however, you're unable to have an honest discussion with your doctor or you feel like your doctor is not listening or is condescending, then that's another issue. You should be able to have a mutually respectful conversation with your care providers to get the answers that you're seeking and be able to explore your concerns legitimately. If you can't, then figure out what the obstacle is in your being unable to speak up because maybe you feel like you can't ask for what you need. And a lot of us do become kind of weak in the knees when we're facing our doctors, especially if we feel vulnerable about our health. And if you feel like your doctor is just not communicating respectfully, it might be time to make a change. Thank you for joining me this week on Natural MD Radio. If you'd like a free copy of the Thyroid Testing Guide, please go to avivaram.com and you'll find it posted under Natural MD Radio Episode 3, What Thyroid Tests Should You Ask For? If you'd like to learn more about topics like this, or you'd like to read this as an article, head on over to my website, www.avivaram.com, where I regularly post new information, giving you the whole truth on whole health, so you can take your healthcare back into your hands. See you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.